Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Sultan, Tony Dosen. Yes, welcome to Splinters on a Tuesday night on Triple H 100.1 FM and also on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and then afterwards at podcasts.com and wherever else you pick up your podcasts too. Tune in, Spotify, iTunes and all the bad places as well. In the last six months, the effects of the coronavirus pandemic have been dramatic and sharp on sport at all levels none the least of which the community level, and none the least of which at community level on arguably the uh, largest, certainly most powerful club in the Northern Corridor, in the Hornsby and Karingai, Magpies Waitara, and their flagship team, the Asquith Magpies. But they've been affected too by the coronavirus pandemic, none the least of which the recent announcement that there will be no Asquith Magpies team, not only for the rest of this 2020 season that is planned to kick off in mid-July, but also for the 2021 season. They are the first team in Australia that have made the bold step to pull out for 2021. So what effect does that have on not only rugby league, but on sport in the Northern Corridor? In keeping to our charter of staying live and local, uh, it's only fitting that we speak to the men that matter at Magpies Waitara, and we will be doing so over the next hour. Starting straight from the top, we don't muck around here at Splinters, we haven't mucked around at Triple H for all this time, and so to get the mail directly from the man that matters at Magpies Waitara, it's only fair that we invite the chairman of the board, currently, of the Asquith Rugby League Club Limited, which is their proper trading name, Brian Fulmer, to join us on Splinters. Good evening, Brian. I would have loved to have been asking you to come on under much better circumstances. Yes, uh, thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, looking forward to uh, answering some of your questions on uh, on rugby league and on, on, on our club. Absolutely, because they need to be answered to set the record straight. Take me through the timeline, briefly, of the final decision being reached to not partake with great regret in 2020 and 2021? I think, uh, firstly, it was very difficult to make uh, any decisions whilst the club was closed. Um, you know, we, we were closed, uh, no trading, uh, staff unemployed, uh, some on JobKeeper. And um, so we, we were in a situation where we really didn't know what impact it was having on us. Uh, as we were working our way through the 10 weeks uh, that we were closed, we were getting a little bit of an idea as it, as it all happened. Um, we've been doing a lot of forecasting based on the club opening in early June, July, October, and so forth. Um, looking at our costs, looking at, at w just what impact COVID-19 was having on our club financially. And from there, we, we made some decisions and it became obvious uh, at the end of May, early June, that, that we were probably not going to be able to compete this year um, uh, in any if the competition did resume. Um, but more importantly, we were also looking at next year. I mean, COVID-19 isn't restricted to 2020. Uh, the financial impact it's having on businesses around the world uh, is going to have an impact for two, three, five years on some businesses. So, so we've been looking at that as well. A lot of our... Uh, a lot of our, um, we've had various government taxes uh, deferred. Uh, they haven't been waived and, and therefore those taxes will be paid uh, later in the year, um, which will have an impact on next year's results, uh, next financial year's results. So, um, And that's the most important thing that we've got to bear in mind right now, that at the end of the day, even though there is that very important uh, uh, clause in the constitution of the club that it is for the betterment of rugby league in the district. That's how it was set up by the, the founding fathers, the uh, the Grubber uh, Jordisons, etc. At the end of the day, you still have to trade, you still have to try and turn over a dollar, and you still have to pay people 
who are employed to provide the entertainment in the club night after night, week after week. Absolutely. I mean, Rugby League, Asquith Rugby League Club was born out of Rugby League. Uh, there's no doubt about that. It was a it was a rugby league club that played a bit of cricket and played a bit of golf and other sports, uh, including you know life saving and all sorts of things mm. that we were we were in over many years. But but it, but this club was built on the back of uh, raffle tickets sold in in uh, in pubs yep. um, and and all sorts of different different uh, revenue funding um, opportunities that we had over those years. And uh, but. But now that we're an incorporated club, I mean, as a board, we have a responsibility to, uh, you know, under the Corporations Act, uh, to our members um, and and to the and to the community, the broader mm. community. I mean, we service the, the, the local community in a big way in terms of, uh, you know, funding and, and and other avenues. And so, so it's, it's imperative that we that we look after the the club uh, and the members, and we just. Uh, came to the uh, the decision that we were not able to justify the spending um, the money in the Ron Massey and Sydney Shield competitions that's required to be spent mm. um, at this for this year and for next year. Yeah. Um, we didn't think that was in the best interest of the club or the members, and uh, and and that was the decision. And you have twelve thousand odd members right now. We have just over twelve thousand members. Yes, and mm. and I think the other it was a difficult decision, but but. At the end of the day, uh, a lot of people have said, well, why did you make that decision now uh, about next year? Mm. And it was, the decision was inevitable that we would have to pull out. Uh, you know, there's no doubting that, you know, that, that this financial year is, is not going to be a great year and next financial year is also not going to be a great year for us. And, and, and we know that in our forecasting. So, um, you know, by the way, we're not, we're not in any trouble. We're, we're, you know, we're going to trade through well, that's, this. That's going to be the other thing. By, by, by saying this... People are going to jump to conclusions and say that, oh, Magpies Waitara is in trouble. They're going to shut the doors. It's going to be all over Red Rover. They won't get to Christmas, etc., etc. Uh, but I think that I've known this club for this long to know that they will get through this. It's not going to be easy. It will be a challenge. We look. We're we're in a good place in terms of, uh, you know, we don't we have a low debt uh, in, in in contrast to other clubs, for example. Uh, we're in a good, we're in a, we're in a sound financial position. Our balance sheet is strong. Uh, it, it, this is more about cash flow and um, and being able to uh, pay our bills as they arise. So, mm. you know, we're we're not in any in any uh, difficulty in terms of insolvency or anything like that. We're, mm. But but we it would have been would not have been responsible for us to be spending the amount of money that we have been spending on Ron Massey and, and Sydney Shield at this particular time. Yeah, as I said, we we uh, we have an intent to trade through this, come out the other side, and in 2022, we, it's our intent to do everything we possibly can to re-enter the Ron Massey Cup and Sydney Shield in 2022. All uh, right. So that's, that's our plan, that's mm -hmm. our mission, um, and that's what we're endeavouring to do. But, but it's not a guarantee. You're going to be looking at the situation, I presume, at some time in 2021 and seeing how the... The, how the books look and seeing whether you can afford it again, I presume. Oh, yes. I mean, a, a decision would be required um, on this towards, you know, I'd say the sp in spring uh, of um, 2021. So we'll we'll certainly be looking at our numbers and seeing how the next financial year has, has played out for us mm. and, and, then, and how we're going at that particular time. Um, it, it all comes back to social distancing and the, and the health regulations. I mean... At the moment, whilst we're opening uh, open, um, it's very difficult to trade at anything better than fifty percent at the moment with social distancing. That is fifty percent of what you were earning prior, prior, prior to. That's right, and you've got to remember we were closed for ten right. weeks. Mm. That was twenty percent of the year. That's twenty percent of our revenue that we didn't. And and whilst people say, well, you weren't open, so you don't, don't have costs. Uh, as any business person knows, you have fixed costs, and those fixed costs don't go away. Mm. And well, you the, mentioned that with your tax bill. That's instance. right. And whilst the government was has been good and 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 deferred taxes, they certainly haven't waived them. Um, and so for, for for us as a club, it's really critical that we we make sure that we get our financial uh, position in a solid position, like it has been for the last thirty years, and um, and and that we continue on and, and boost. But mm. but again, I was going to say the reason why we made the decision on next year now was we did that 
because of our coaching staff and because of our players. Mm. We didn't want to wait until October, November, um, when basically all other clubs will have already filled all their positions for coach for mm. coaching staff, and a lot of our and a lot of players are signed. We we sign two thirds of our contracts uh, before before October yeah. uh, in any normal year. So yeah. we didn't want to disadvantage any of our people. And whilst mm. whilst as I said, we we could have delayed that announcement. It wasn't in the best interest of our coaching staff or our players, so we put them first. Take me through some of the figures. I know you won't go into full detail because it may be saved for your annual report for the membership, but you can give me some ballpark figures, I'm sure. When you say you're going to be trading at a loss, and remember, this is a club that has only had two trading losses in its history of 30 to to 40 years, uh, generally speaking. Um, There were some interesting figures in the the Paul Keating years and the recession that we had to have. Um, but generally, this is a club that has been sound and turning over regular profits, operating profits, year on year. But this is going to be something completely different. An operating loss, are we talking five figures? Are we talking six figures? Are we talking seven figures here? Well, no, I think um, that's difficult because I can't, I, I know you I, can't, I can't give you figures, uh, accurate figures, but, but I can... I can Give you this. When you say significant, I mean what's significant to some may oh, not be significant to others. No, no, I, I understand that. Um, look, look, we're a club that uh, firstly we're not for profit. Mm-hmm. So every all the money that we, any time we post a profit uh, each year in the period, the... it goes back into the club. It mm-hmm. goes back into the membership. It's actually called. It's referred to as members' equity. Yes. It's it's the members' equity in the business. So, and we're charged as the board to spend that money wisely. Yes. So. Uh, as you said, in the last 30 years, we've, we've only had two losses and, and they were in the, a couple of years following the um, uh, global financial crisis. Mm-hmm. And so, so we're, we're very careful with our money and we're, yeah. we're careful with what we do. Um, you know, we want to be sure that we're there for the community, for sport, local sport mm-hmm. and, and, and everything else. So, but, if you're tr- but if you're returning six-figure losses, yeah. you can't even do the members' equity, let alone put the money into them. Oh well, yes, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think uh, we had a loss in around two thousand and twelve of five hundred thousand, you know, half a million dollars. Mm. Um, this year's loss maybe in that, in that around somewhere that, in that bracket, somewhere around there. But you know, we we went from a half million dollar loss that year mm. to to a profit the next year, and we've we've had a profit every year since. But you're not um, going to be able to go back into a profit next financial but, year. But We're talking 2021 now. Our forecast mm. is that for the next financial year, mm. with the deferment of those taxes and the like, that we're going to probably post uh, a, a, another loss, mm. uh, probably not as great as this this year's mm-hmm. loss next year. Yeah. Um, and again, uh, when it, when you're talking about um, spending money, you've got to spend it wisely, and it's important mm. that we continue to, to support local rugby league and cricket mm. and and uh, netball and other other sports that we're, that we're involved with. Um, we we also help. We, we also support and sponsor other sports that, that are not under the banner of Ascot Rugby League. Yes, um, that's right. Soccer, yeah. you know, soccer and rugby union, even. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've. We're not. We don't restrict ourselves to the sports that we just play ourselves under yeah. our banner, but, mm. but. We're 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 in a position where, as I said, we're we're not. We're certainly in a. We think that we're in a um, that we're still in a strong financial position. It's just a matter of managing that over the next two to three years, mm. given what. Uh, and and we should say that it's not just COVID nineteen. I mean, mm. you've got to remember we, you know, at the end of last year we're coming off the back of droughts. We then had the fires. Yes. We then had some floods. And then we got hit with COVID nineteen. It's the perfect storm. Yeah. And I, I think when you look at the football, the, I think it, it tells a, a real story. You've got eleven teams in the Ron Massey Cup Club mm. uh, competition. Yep. Eight of which are backed by licensed clubs. Yeah. And seven of those eight are not resuming this year. And and which one they, and one has mm. just one one has just amalgamated with another club, who's going to be the new parent. Now. To get to the, to give them certainty, so we're not Robertson Crusoe here. There's mm. there's many clubs and and for that matter, many many businesses that that are going to find the next couple of years financially. And that comes up. to the the base model, the leagues club 
financial model for clubs at this level, which is which is another story. But mm. before we get to that, uh, take me through JobKeeper. Clearly, as a business, you've had to go to JobKeeper yourselves uh, to keep some of your staff on the books. How worried are you about the the, pop, the possible or probable JobKeeper cliff that we are approaching come the end of September, if it is a cliff? If the government of the day decides to cut JobKeeper altogether or not take steps to stagger the the phase out of that JobKeeper scheme. Yeah. Um, JobKeeper's been excellent. Uh, I, I applaud the government for, for bringing it in. And I know a lot of people have been critical that it hasn't been tailored to individuals. But I think if you tried to implement JobKeeper at an individual level, mm -hmm. the administrative costs and the administrative work that would have had to go into that would have been um, extreme and may not have worked as well. Um, so I, I, I get it that some people have been receiving more money than, than they normally mm -hmm. received and some have not are clearly not getting the same amount of money. But, but for us, it's worked well. We've been able to keep uh, the vast majority of our staff uh, on JobKeeper, mm -hmm. and 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 the only people that are not is a handful, mm -hmm. um, which were uh, didn't they didn't qualify. They yeah. they hadn't been there for twelve months. So mm. so it's been uh, great for our business. Uh, we are hoping that it stays until the end of September, which was forecast by the government, mm -hmm. you know, many months ago, a few months ago. Um, Whilst it's it's a difficult situation in clubland at the moment because with all the with all the um, um, social distancing that's in mm -hmm. place and the one person per four square meter rule, correct? We, you know, I think most clubs are struggling to trade at anything better than fifty percent, mm -hmm. uh, purely because of, of of those restrictions. Yeah. So whilst whilst you've still got all your normal a lot of your all your fixed mm -hmm. costs, plus your normal costs and 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 you've actually got more staff than what would normally be required for that amount of trade because of the, the marshalling that has to be done, the cleaning. Yeah, you know, we we make sure that our our club is COVID safe as best as we can. Which but, means you need a cleaner to wipe down every chair and every table after every group has left that table. Absolutely, and that's what we do. And we and we and we were doing it even throughout the ten weeks we were closed. We had staff coming in mm. every week. Cleaning down the kitchen tops, the desktops, the yeah, the toilets, toilets, everything was being kept clean throughout the ten weeks that we were closed. Mm -hmm. So, so it's something that we're big on, and that's that that costs money, obviously. Now, at the moment, JobKeeper is 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 helping us in that regard. So, mm -hmm. I guess uh, we're hoping that uh, as restrictions lift, um, and if they take JobKeeper away by the end of September, that we're hoping that we will we'll be okay. But again, it's going to come back to, to. But if it drops off altogether, there'll be a problem. You would have to think that we're going to have to be smart about the way we do our business. Mm. Yes. And it's against that backdrop that you have to find some money to put a Ron Massey Cup and a Sydney Shield team on the field. And it, that, if you want to be competitive, it's bandied about. There's all sorts of figures that get thrown out and about 300,000. This is across both teams, 300,000, 500,000, 600,000. Some clubs spend more. Asquith probably spend less than some others, it's fair to say. But it's still money that has to be found somewhere against the backdrop of losses. And that makes it almost impossible in the con to put it into context. Yeah, well, I mean, if without giving away any numbers, I mean, I think if you just look at just look at the salary cap. Um, I think it's one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars in Massey and sixty thousand in Shield. So, yes. so there's two hundred and thirty-five thousand, uh, and that's that's just to be competitive. Uh, mm. That's not to win the comp. Um, mm. And then on top of that, you've got finals. Uh, so if you're playing a couple of finals, you you're probably going to throw another thirty thousand on top of that. Yeah. So you're looking at if you're going to spend the salary cap to be competitive. You're going to spend two hundred and sixty, two hundred and seventy thousand dollars just on match payments. Yeah. Um, then you've got to then you've got to fill positions of coaching staff and trainers. Correct. And you've got a laundry. You know, laundry. You've got to buy all your jerseys. You've got to buy all your yep. your, your insurance or your training gear. Your mm -hmm. insurance. Um, the list goes on. Uh, yep. Your doctors. So a lot of the costs have been sent down, passed on to to the club. So to provide a doctor at every home game. Every home game, we've got to provide a doctor to both games. Um, 
we've got to provide, you know, we have physios, uh, the cost of strapping. Um, when you put all those numbers together, you can see why you're talking around figures of anything from three hundred to up to five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and even more if you want to spend more, if you want to get more, which some clubs do when they've been able to afford to. I know for a fact that St Mary's for a time just paid thirty thousand dollars a year for a coach, just that alone. So, not that all clubs are paying that much. No. Some are paying more. Some are paying less. Some aren't paying at all. Oh, I don't but know any clubs that are paying that amount of money. But, but that's yeah. but that is just to give people an idea of what's involved. And that yeah. leads us to the funding model. Now, going forward, does the funding model of Leeds clubs backing teams at this level of a game have a limited shelf life left? Are we looking towards a future where clubs have to look to other sources of funding outside Leeds clubs? Or is that just a discussion for way down the track for someone else to deal with in the future? Uh, difficult. I, I, I'm not sure. I think clubs, like as you say, it's well within our constitution that rugby league is our primary sport. Uh, it's the sport that um, we're charged as, as a board with making sure that we nurture that uh, within the community. Yeah. Um, and and we still do that. I mean, we've. It's getting tougher because of our, the lack of local juniors, the the lack of schools in the area that play rugby league now. Um, mm. Uh, you know, we have them playing rugby union and then they they participate on the same day that we play rugby league, so therefore you can't, you know, they can't play both sports. So mm. we're finding it tougher all the time in those teenage years uh, to to get ch uh, players. Um, and that's before you even look at electronic and uh, devices. It's before you look at smartphones and yes, internet that's right. and other distractions. But I think with, um, I think, the, you know, we'll always be there and always... We've always endeavoured and always tried to play in the highest level we can, we can afford to play in. And it's, that's, that's just simply the case at the moment that, you know, you, you've got to remember our history. We, uh, before we had a club, we were in second division from 1970 to 1973. Correct. We then participated in uh, the Jim Boone Cup. Cup, I think, in 2005, six and seven. That's right. Um, and, then, and then we left that. Um, so we're out, we were out of, so we're in that for three years. Um, Again, a semi-professional. That's, that that yeah. was the equivalent of what now is the Ron Massey Cup. Yep. So we played in that. Um, and then we went back to A grade, um, eight, 2008 to 2012. 12. We yep. won the grand final in 2012 in a combined North Sydney Manly comp. Yep. And then we, um, and, you know, we'd saved a bit of money and mm. we and we, and we we went back into Ron Massey City Shield. At a time when that man, old Manly North A grade competition was on the downward slide from where it was to perhaps where it is now. Well, that's right. I mean... It, you look at that competition now, and it's pretty, pretty ordinary competition. Yeah. Uh, I get, I take off my hat to the clubs that, that are participating in that, or trying to keep rugby league alive by participating in that. But, but it's it, it's it's tough. And but uh, you'll be in that competition more or less for the next year or two. Certainly next year you'd probably be in that competition. Well, we're hoping to be in it this year. We're, um, we're, in fact, this afternoon uh, we've got training for. A grade and under 23 so we we've always planned this year of being having an under 23s which was on the back of um, back of uh, the North Jersey flag which that that's fallen to one side but we've certainly got a core group of under 23s which came from our under 20s last year mm -hmm. so we won the premiership in of under course, 20s and that's Sydney wide competition yes and so so we've got that team um, hope hopefully we're going to build on that um, what what we don't know is the impact that our decision to withdraw from Shield is going to have on our numbers there, because some of those players were looking to uh, play in 23s to make their way into Sydney Shield, and yeah. and obviously that that pathway is not there for them anymore. So um, so we're not sure what the, what's going to happen, but but we're we're we've got training this afternoon at Story Park at 6:30 for under 23s and A grade. This and is the Tuesday night that this program is going to air. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Well, is that the way of the future post-2021, or is that going to be part of a bigger structure that you hope will be back in place for 2022 and beyond? Because it's going to be hard to get players, and as we'll be speaking with Pat Weissner later in the program, if he finds a job somewhere else, then you're stuck having to find a good enough quality coach to attract players to the district if you can't get Pat Weissner back. And so... You could be looking at a situation as you did in 2013, coming straight out of A grade, where you may have to 
um, do some time again for a year or two to get back and be where you want to be in those in the Massey and Shield competitions 2022 and beyond because if you pull out for a year it's hard to come back I, I think uh, I think you're right that, that that's a possibility but we if we if we go well, firstly next year we will look to be an A grade again yeah. whether it, whether we have 23s or 20s or whatever it might be that really comes back to the football club um, and I, I just should make the uh, explain that to you. Um, so the league's club, the board of the league's club, uh, looks after the Ron Massey Sydney Shield, and that's yes. that that's been the case ever since two thousand thirteen. Yep. And in fact, it was back in the Jim Beam Cup days. Yep. And again, if you go back to second division days before we had a club, mm. the senior executive of the the football of the the club looked after, mm-hmm. and that's because of the money that, that of that's, course. Yeah, and yep. and the, to be frank, the the football committee um, that's put in place have enough to do uh, and enough responsibility. And and remember, we're all volunteers. So from Mm. myself at the board down to the football, to all the committees, we're all volunteers. So so, uh, they they do a wonderful job in terms of putting community football on the field in our junior levels. And it wasn't considered by the board that that it was too onerous to put to put the semi-professional on them as well. So that's why the boards looked after Massey Shield and the football committee looked after A-grade down. Correct. So yeah. next, next year, I'm fairly confident uh, from the conversations I've had with a couple of the footy committee it will be that they will seek to have a, as they are now, have a 23s and A-grade this year. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly confident that they will seek to do the same next year. Yeah. Um, the big question is where do those players come from? Um, because... As you know, we don't have a lot of local juniors. And um, there's a mob 10 kilometres up the road that may want to look to put some players on the field as well. Yes. But, so, mm. so so, there's always competition with other, other areas. So um, that that's interesting. Um, and that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think uh, you know, when we go back in, um, and I say when, not if, when we go back in, um, we, will ha- we will need to get a coach of the quality and calibre of Pat Wisner. I mean, Pat Wisner came to us on the back of, uh, firstly, a recommendation by uh, a fellow named Brad Horder, who yes. spent a lot of football here. Uh, Brad put him forward, and then um, and then Ben Fisher, who's a local junior right. from under yep. sixes. Uh, ben ben lived with Pat in over in the UK. Well, uh, he played with him over there, absolutely. And played yes. with Pat over there. And, and and Ben putting forward as probably the best coach available in the whole in the whole of New South Wales at the mm. time in, at, at mm. this level. Yeah. And I've got to say that I've not seen a coach uh, attract players mm-hmm. like he does. Yeah. I mean, he's the players will travel from Carajong, from from Dapto, yeah. from to play for Newcastle him. to play for Pat. Mm. Um, and so so we we will need. We'll either need Pat Eisner back here or someone of that quality, of that calibre. So you you will offer if you are if he is available, you'll go back and offer Pat the job again in twenty twenty two. If Pat's if if we're in back in the Ron Massey Cup in two thousand and twenty two, and Pat Eisner's available, we'll we'll do everything we can to get him. All right, fair enough. Couple of last things uh, before you go, because uh, at the end of this program, we'll be making another announcement as far as. Uh, Magpies Waitara and Triple H so you'll have to wait for that uh, at that time a couple of things before you go firstly uh, 2022 and beyond what about the rest of the landscape outside of Asquith when you look at the other clubs you've already mentioned that a number of teams all leagues club based weren't able to get to the starting line for the back half of this season one club has been taken over by another licensed club to basically survive. Do you see other clubs pulling out for 2021? Is Asquith going to be the first, the one and only, or are there going to be others that are thinking seriously about it? I think it would be fair to say that there would be other clubs who are considering mm-hmm. whether or not they will be able to play in 2021. I think it, it's probably fair to say that they have... I don't know... I don't... Do not know of a club that's actually made the decision but I know that all of them are looking at their financial position um, just the same as we are um, and uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if another club um, pulled out I, I, I think in the case of the amalgamation you spoke about that's probably given them certainty around their football mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um, so they're probably okay but you know 
it would not come as a surprise to me if another club joined us in pulling out next year. Fair enough. But mm. I think there's a lot that can be done. I, I still think there's, a, there's, a, there's some improvement that needs to be done in terms of the salary cap. I, the salary cap at the moment does not uh, include uh, the playing of finals. Yeah. And I think it should. I think um, that, that's where you can pay players whatever you like. Mm. Um, and it's not accountable in terms of a salary cap. It's, yeah. uh, the salary cap is only based on the, 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 the 20 rounds of the competition. Mm. Or the, um, or the 18 or the 19, or however many rounds or there how, is. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas with, and there is no salary cap in this new President's Cup for the rest of this year. Correct. But for next year, um, you know, I think that at the moment, the bigger clubs are probably able to afford the bigger money. And the others can't. And the others can't. And therefore, if you look at the top four every year... They're the same clubs. Pretty much the same clubs. Yeah. And if you look at... Yeah, and, and, and I'm not... And, and if we were in the same boat, we'd be do, doing the same thing. But you're but, not. But we're not. And, and uh, you yeah, know, we've got to spend money to compete. Yeah, exactly. Last thing before I let you go, because time is on the wing. We're just about out of time. Before we get to Pat Weisner in the second half of the program, um, this is not the end for the game. This is not the end for Magpies. Not by a long shot. Um, uh, you can get out the other side of this. You've mentioned that you had hiatuses before. Yep. You were out for five years. The last time you left the Jim Beam competition, you came back uh, just as strong. Um, you certainly don't want to wait five years until the next time. You've mentioned 2022. Is that a locked-in goal? That's, I can assure you that is a locked-in goal. Uh, okay. We and, and, and we're certainly not going anywhere. I mean, Magpies by Tara, we're in a strong... Yeah. As I said, we've got a strong balance sheet and we just need to uh, tighten up our cash... Uh, our, our expenditure until we see just how big an impact this COVID-19 is having on us. I mean, we're, we're still not trading at full capacity. We've mm. still got all these social distancing restrictions. And cash flow is like oxygen. When and it's all over, it runs out. When it so, runs out, it's all over very quickly. So we just need to be wise in what we, in what we spend uh, our members' equity on. Indeed. Well, it's been uh, a pleasure on this occasion, but it's also been a pleasure to work and deal with you. We've had our moments, like we all do in a relationship, over the last uh, seven and a half years, and uh, uh, all the more credit to you for getting out on the front foot now and being as transparent as possible to say, you know what, we're not part of things in 2021. We basically have to do the right thing for 2022 and beyond. Hopefully we can catch up again in 2022 and beyond uh, for the return one day soon at that time or afterwards of the Asquith Magpies into the Ron Massey Cup and Sydney Shield or whatever New South Wales Rugby League competitions are put in front of us uh, at that time. It's a moving feast. Uh, it's a year we'll never forget. And we look forward to the day when we can get back to Story Park and be involved with the, the game we all love so dearly. Thank you for your time. All the very best of luck with this post-COVID-19 world, and we will speak soon. Thanks, Tony, um, and all the best to Triple H, and I uh, look forward to listening to you over the next couple of years um, well, until we get back into the footy. Indeed. Brian Fulmer, the President, Chairman of the Board of Magpies Waitara. We're well and truly into our halftime break on this episode of Splinters. As mentioned, we will get the view of the now former Magpies coach, Pat Wisner, after this when this episode of Splinters continues. We are back. That's right, the action attraction of the North Shore, Magpies Waitara, has lifted the coronavirus curtain and is back and open for business. Magpies comes back from COVID-19 restrictions by opening for lunch and dinner in the kitchen and lucky magpie restaurants, plus light refreshments in Peggy's Cafe. Strict coronavirus protocols will be followed in line with government guidelines for now until more restrictions are lifted. For more information, go to the website www.magpieswaitara.com.au or call the club to book for dinner on 9487 1066. So see you back at Magpies this week. We can't wait to welcome you back. Located Alexandria Parade, Waitara. Information for returning members and their guests. Sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Thanks, Australia, for doing your bit to help stop the spread of coronavirus. For downloading the COVID Safe app, 
for keeping your distance and staying at home, for the sacrifices you've made and for stepping up in these tough times. The changes aren't easy, but they are working. So keep going. And don't forget, if you haven't already, download the COVID Safe app today. Visit australia.gov.au to learn more. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. Podcasts.com and all the other places you pick up your podcasts as well Spotify, TuneIn, iTunes, all the bad places, Mearscast. Don't know why I keep coming back to Mearscast. Anyway, time to get back into the retrospective and also the introspective into the decision, the recent announcement by the Asquith Magpies not to play in the Ron Massey Cup and Sydney Shield in not only the rest of this year, 2020, but also the first sporting club in Australia to make the bold step to pull out of the 2021 season. This, of course, leaves Pat Wisner that you heard Brian Fulmer give such a, a rap to out of a job. So it's only fair we caught up with him, as I did recently, to find out how he is faring and how he is moving forward from the decision. Pat Wisner, I can now say, unfortunately, former... Asquith Magpies coach. Welcome to Splinters. We would have loved to have spoken to you under better circumstances than this. Yeah, it would have been nice, wouldn't it? But, um, you know, it is what it is. Is The world's uh, been a strange place the last few months, so it still sounds funny, former coach, but th- that's what it is. Take us through the timeline that led to you being notified by the Magpies of the decision to set you free, for want of a better term, for the time being. Um, look, to be honest, there probably wasn't, I wouldn't say there's a real timeline. I was, I was sort of confident that, um, well, I'm still pretty confident the competition won't restart for 2020. So, you know, I was of the opinion that we'd been in 2021, but um, it was quite sudden when I was sort of made aware of, of I guess, the finances of the Leagues Club and, and how that affects the footy that we might be in a bit of trouble. So that kind of happened quickly, but um, yeah, I wouldn't say there's a real timeline or leading up to it. I met Brian Fulmer and once he showed me, um, you know, the facts and the figures, it was it was very easy to see how the decision came about. Any bitterness at all with the fact that it came to an end so suddenly? No questions in the back of your mind about, ah, how did it get to this? Although it's a pretty simple solution and explanation. As Brian mentioned, COVID has com- completely run amuck with the the finances of Magpies Waitara, particularly the income. Yeah, it has. I can say with a straight face, absolutely um, no bitterness at all yeah. towards Asquith. Um, the way they handled it was very professionally, very honest, um, and they couldn't have done it any better to, towards the players and, and myself, the way it, it came about and the decisions that they made were basically to try and help us in the long run as well. Um, so, no, nah, no bitterness. I mean, obviously, there's the sadness and the shock that came with it, but definitely no bitterness um, yeah as I said they're, they're basically their hands are tied and they could have stretched it out and, and left us hanging on for months and months if they wanted which some other clubs may be doing um, they've been up front and they've given us all a chance to move on so I'll, you know at the end of the day I have to thank them for that there's no bitterness uh, they're the first club in Australia that I'm aware of anywhere that have come out and said that they're not going to play in 2021 because of COVID are there going to be others out there that might make that same decision I'd say so. I mean, I don't know the finances of other clubs, but you'd have to think that there'd be a lot out there that would mirror what's going on at Magpies Waitara. So, I, I'd, to be honest, I'd be really surprised if, if we were the only ones, but it's probably a testament to how organised and, and diligent you know they are and um, they're always on top of things. Brian runs a really, really tight ship, as, as you know. He does mm. a great job and um, they're always thinking about the players and the staff with all their decisions. That's something that I've really taken and on board you know they've learned something um just how caring they are and the way that filters down to the players and and that's why this decision was made probably earlier than any, any other club because they care about us you mentioned the care factor is that something that's different about asquith that you're going to take away for now from story park and the experience compared to other places that you've been 
oh, without a doubt. You know, it's chalk and cheese. Um, the way the you know the players and staff have been treated at Asquith to Blacktown. You know, I'm not going to mince my words. That's just you know everybody knows that. Um, and if you asked anybody who's been at both clubs, they'd tell you the same thing. So, um, you know, in saying that. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of players that are upset by the decision and stuff as well, so they're not exactly um, standing on the rafters cheering about it. But mm. um, you know, the, the care's been great, and to be honest, I've always tried to coach that way. I think I've had a huge following of players from from Blacktown to here, and even when I when I started at Blacktown, and that's because I care about them. So myself and Asquith were a great fit because they were very similar. The border, we, we share the same sort of um, theory, and you know, at the end of the day, we all got along really well. So it's a shame. You mentioned it's a shame. Do you walk away with a sense of unfinished business from this place, from Asquith, for now? I say for now because there is always that caveat, which we're going to come to a little bit later. But is that the great sadness that you never got to finish what you started? Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, I think the progress we've made in the two years I've been there has been phenomenal from where we started. You know, we when I got there, we didn't didn't have a Ron Massey Cup team and we had no players signed. We were training at Berry Park, which is not adequate for even an under-16s level. Um, you know, we had no video set up. We had no, you know, I mean, without bagging former coaches, there was no professionalism there, and we had no players signed. And we made the top eight in both grades. Last year, we made the top four, and we basically started, uh, we fixed a relationship with Norse. Norse made the top four as well. So we were the only club that had both Massey and, and New South Wales Cup teams both make the top four out of any you know if you asked anybody that at the start of the year they would have said St Mary's Penrith or Winnie Parramatta or the bigger Cabramatta Canterbury it was us and Norths which nobody would have predicted two years ago so you know to get there and this year I think we had a red hot team this year you know there was guys there that I've wanted to coach for years and, and when I got them all together I think we would have had a great year so it, it is unfinished business it's, it hurts a little bit but um you know it's happened before and that's football it's a roller coaster what about the players that you managed to get together um you've alluded to the fact that a lot of them are not cheering from the rafters and a lot of them are upset. Where do they go from here, given that there'll be, for a lot of them, no Asquith Magpies to go to in 2021? Yeah, it's, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because the funny thing about Asquith is, with my signings and the players I brought to the club, they came from all over the place. You know, We had players coming from out west, driving past three or four other Massey Cup teams to play for Asquith. We had guys from the Central Coast, guys from the South Coast, Cronulla, guys from the Northern Beaches, little crew from there. So we had guys from all over the place. So it would be really difficult to keep them all together, um, just knowing logistically that, you know, out west, most of the other teams are out west, and it would be hard for some guys to get there. So... There's a bit of sadness in that. The boys know we had a good side and a really good group and they're disappointed that we didn't get to finish the job. But um, to be honest, a lot of the guys have said if I do land a job, um, they won't be looking anywhere else. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there and can, can just wait and see, I guess. Well, speaking of that, um, there aren't too many jobs, we were saying off here in the green room, outside that there aren't too many jobs out there. There is only one. It's been advertised. The Windsor Wolves. Have you thrown your hat into the ring there? Yeah, I, I did. I, I threw my head in the ring pretty late with that one. Um, and as you said, it's it's difficult at the moment. Um, nobody had bad seasons. No coaches have spent the year there and realised that it's not for them. You know, nobody's had any falling out with players or or, or boards or anything like that. So there's really no jobs available. Um, usually, you get that coaching merry-go-round, and you know you could swap around and coaches kind of find a place. But there's none available. Windsor have advertised, and to my knowledge, they're the only ones that have. So. Um, you know, I, I owe it to my staff and the players who want to follow me to put my hand up for the job. Whether they want me or not is another thing, and um, whether they suit me, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I stuck my hand up for sure. What about down the track if you don't win the Windsor job? And we understand that you're one of a number that have been looked at, certainly one of a number that have applied. Whether the, the cull comes and the, and, the, and the shortcut comes, who knows what happens. That'll be up for the, the Wolves board to decide in the not-too-distant future. If you don't get the job, uh, what about 2022? Has Asquith virtually said to you, if we start a side in 2022, the job's yours? Uh, they haven't said anything like that. I know they've, they've said they would, um, you know, welcome me back with open arms if they were to go into senior footy again or with, you know, Ron Massey Cup and Sydney Shield and I've got no reason to not come back at the moment either, you know, but obviously if I was coaching somewhere else, you've got to weigh things up. But, um, yeah, I mean, from what I can see, if they were to enter it again, 
um, I'd be on the shortlist for sure, and definitely somewhere where I'd, I'd love to come back to. They've been, mm. honestly, they've been magnificent to me. I can't thank them enough. You know, there was a time there where there were some really horrible things being said about me after Blacktown, which you know I put to bed. And and Brian Former, being a, a former policeman, did probably the most thorough investigation on me you could do, and found that it was all a load of rubbish. And he gave me the opportunity, and the board gave me the opportunity, and I know I repaid them with my work. And I think it's, it speaks for itself the results we had. So. Um, yeah, really thankful for them. And if they were to offer me another job, it'd be very tough for me to turn it down. Do you look back over the last few years? You're probably one of the, dare I say, one of the smartest, more inquisitive and more insightful coaches through your time as a player uh, at various levels of the game into coaching and the aspiration of getting as far as you can in the coaching caper has been dealt a, a couple of serious blows in the last three or four years and both times it appears certainly this time not of your own making and it appears at Blacktown not of your own making either do you sometimes curse the gods or look at things or kick stones and think well why me why not the next bloke no, I definitely don't play lotto that's for sure I don't, <laughs> no, I don't, don't think I'm the luckiest bloke as far as um, yeah, going, looking back at the past and the work I've done at clubs and how it's ended it's just a bit of bad luck really but look coaching is not the type of thing you do for thinking that you're going to be at a club forever and you don't ever expect to to um you know you I guess you always feel like that the, the axe could be hanging over your head you've only got to look at the NRL news it's pretty much whoever loses two or three in a row they're on the chopping block and you, you feel that pressure at our level as well and and you know finances change as we've seen with, with the magpies and things change all the time competitions change so you never really feel like it's a job that you're you know, you get the job and you're there for life. You'd love to be there for as long as possible, mm. but it is what it is, mate. That's coaching, and you know, I just feel like as long as I keep working hard and everywhere I go, I know they improve a bucket load. And, and the t- base two clubs, Blacktown and Asquith, that I've now left, were both in top four when I left. So, um, you know, I feel like I've left them in good places each time. And you know, if I go somewhere else, I know wherever I go, I'll improve them. Well, you do get some critics out there. You've probably alluded to one or two of them already. It says that you attract all these players together, but you can't win a big one. You can't win a grand final. You can't get them to the big stage. Uh, what do you say to those, or is it just water off a duck's back to you? Oh, I think it's laughable, to be honest. You know, I think anybody who says that doesn't know enough about Ron Massey Cup and mm. how the dynamics of it work and how it works with your feeder arrangements. And um, It's also about developing players and getting them to New South Wales Cup. I mean, we've had 10 players in the last two years debut for North. Well, I challenge any other club to to come up with a stat like that of players that they signed that pushed on to higher level. Round one, we had Sione Opawati this year, so we already had one. I, I challenge anybody. So, that, you know, there's that side of it as well. When, you, when you're good at recruiting, you know, you know, I don't want to sound big-headed, but when you're good at recruiting and you recruit the right players, the teams above you take them. So that, does that affect your success? Of course it does. You know, and I've never landed at a club that's had a great roster to start with. I've got the Blacktown, they were losing by 80. Mm. You know, and, and Sydney Shield were struggling to get players on the field each week and had players doubling up. They lost to Kingsgrove twice in the season before I got there. And we never uh, Kingsgrove side that will be getting lapped by everybody else exactly. in the competition. And, and they beat us twice and, and we made the finals and you know, when I left there we were in New South Wales Cup, who would have thought that? You know, that's how strong the club had gotten professional. I came to Asquith, they weren't even in Ron Massey. Mm. Two years later in the top four and, and and you're talking about grand finals and who knows this year. So I I think to say I haven't won a grand final, well of course I haven't. I've never in, never been at a club long enough to, to see the mm. job out, but uh, I think the improvement that I've shown with the clubs I've been at speaks for itself. And you throw me at Wenny or Mounties, you know. I with the luxury of uh, yeah. the squads that they have already ready made at their yeah. disposal. And they're professional and they've got the great setups. And, you know, I'm always envious of those clubs. But those clubs know when they play the teams I've coached, they're in for a tough game. And, mm. um, you know, as I said, only one team can win each year. So That's right. No matter how many teams face the starting line. You mentioned North Sydney. Now, of course, the Canterbury Cup finished very early. The New South Wales Rugby League made a call on the Canterbury Cup when they did. Um, There's speculation as to the real reasons why. There were some reasonably good superficial reasons given out at the time. You know, the New Zealand Warriors situation, the, the shutdown of international travel between those two nations, which affected them, particularly when that Canterbury Cup side went back to New Zealand as quickly as they could yeah. on the weekend that everything was shut down. But did the New South Wales Rugby League perhaps act hastily or should they have gone the full Monty and called off all competitions in April when they called off the Canterbury Cup and the Jersey Fleet? 
Yeah, look, I think it would have saved a few headaches if they had have gone that way, and that probably would have been the easiest option um, to just just to cancel everything. Um, but it, you know, Ron Massey Cap's a funny comp. It's we we don't get any funding from NRL teams, so we don't cost them a cent. Um, mm. You know, we're really funded by our own leagues clubs, and at the time, which is why we thought it was it was great to continue on. It's turned out to be the opposite of that, really, mm. um, with us not having the finances to continue. But th- those other clubs obviously rely on NRL clubs, and at the time, NRL clubs looked like you know potentially they could go bust. So mm. to, to limit the cost there, they had to pull pull those competitions out and left ours alone. Um, I'm really doubtful that the, the, the compass will go ahead. I know um, I've received word today that the, the women's premiership looks like going ahead with six or seven teams, but I don't think there'll be seven Ron Massey Cup teams um, sticking their hand up this year. Uh, unless they get clubs from, from outside the area, it you know, looks like it might have been a fail. But, you know, they tried. You can't, you can't sort of hold that against them. We'll come to that in a moment. What about the relationship with the North Sydney Bears? Where do they get their players now from? in 2021, given that there will be no Asquith, at least for that period. Uh, you haven't heard anything about where they're going to be dropping their excess back to, because that's going to be a key factor, at least for that next 18-month period. Yeah, and that's one of the real shames about what's happened. You know, when I got to the club and um, we were sort of starting off with Norths again, I know the club had been involved with Norths previously, but it was basically we're in Ron Massey again and it was a fresh start and the improvements we made from year one to where we were at now and um, yeah, were phenomenal and that's why both teams were able to make the top four. Jason Taylor and myself got along really well. He's a superb coach and as you said... You Another know, guy that got cops a lot of criticism but yeah, who's, been un- who's been unlucky in, in, in his time in the game at the top level. Unwarranted. I think anyone who, who, you know, if you can't learn something from JT, then you're just not listening. Um, and, yeah, Ben Garden did a great job recruiting as well. We worked really well together with trying to get both squads balanced. And the relationship was as good as I've seen with a, a Ron Massey Cup and Cup team. Um, obviously, we were providing them with a lot of players, which was great for them. But it's great for our guys too. It's great to give them the opportunities and see those guys go through. So our relationship was fantastic. Where they go from here, I don't know. Um, look. You know, if I was to land the Windsor job, who knows? Windsor don't really have a feeder. Maybe that would marry up. I don't know. Um, because Penrith are very much aligned with St Mary's, aren't they? They are. Penrith are with St Mary's. I know they did used to help Windsor back in the, in the past and they had a good relationship, but St Mary's are, are got a great thing going with Penrith as well. You know, they, they, they do great work and give plenty of guys opportunities and they're obviously a really professional club, St Mary's. They're, they're one of the best in the comp and that's why they're always up the top. So I don't think Penrith will be in a hurry to, to move away from what they're doing with St Mary's. Um, so who knows, mate? Maybe maybe there, but if, if, not, if not me, somebody else might be there and the Bears might have other plans. I'm really not sure. Um, as I said, it's been pretty sudden, so I think a lot of people have probably taken a breath and, and, and work it out from there. You mentioned that you're in doubt or have grave doubts about whether we will have a Ron Massey Cup in 2020. We only got notified recently, but communicated by all the CEOs that, OK, we've got some dates now, this October 11 weekend for a possible grand final and a July 18 possible start date, but if you do the the sums and do the maths, I make it that five clubs at minimum are not going to be on the starting line in July. We know the Fiji Silk Tails won't be there because of the travel restrictions. We know about Asquith. We know about Cabramatta. We know about a couple of others as well. Yep. So that are definitely not going to be on the start line. There may, need, may, there may only be six teams. We know that... Hills District Bulls and Glebe Burwood have said yes, they will play. Yep. But we don't know about the big guns, the real big guns. Wentworthville, St Mary's, Mounties yep. and Guildford. They're the question marks, given that all the other teams are now out of the picture for this year. Can you see it going ahead? Yeah, look, even further to that, my mail is that, that Guildford are out. Um, they were out a while ago, mm. for sure. Mounties, I believe, are out. So it really doesn't leave much, does it? Went with Phil and St Mary's, I think, are having meetings this week about it and, and you know, maybe 50-50. So you've really only got two certainties, which are Hills and Burwood, which are Glebe Burwood, and, and they're not funded by leagues clubs, so that's no surprise. Mm. Where they've usually been, I guess, the paupers in that respect or done it really tough and relied on sponsors, and those two clubs do a great job to, to stay in it every year. Um, this year it's probably suited them not being funded by these clubs because it hasn't they haven't been greatly affected financially. So mm. for my knowledge, they're the only two that are certainties. And then I think Maitland have expressed an interest. And in, Yes, they have. And I really don't know outside of that how it's going to go. I, I, as I said, I'll be highly surprised if it, if, it, if it goes ahead and Shield would be much the same. 
Well, um, we've done the sums with, with yeah. Sydney Shield, and at best it could be back to 10 sides, yep. possibly at the moment, with no Asquith, no Cabramatta, and yep. a couple of others out. Bellrose have stuck their hands up. Again, yep. another club that isn't funded by a league's club behind them. Yep. Uh, they've said yes. East Campbelltown will probably say yes. Right Eastwood, it's only one team, and they've got some juniors to draw upon. Yep. Uh, so they'll say yes. More bank in a similar situation. The standalone one-team clubs. But again, there's a lot of ifs and buts. Yeah, it is. I, as I said, I, I probably give Shield more chance of getting the head, going ahead just for the exact reasons you just said. But um, I, I'm, look, I said I might be wrong. I might there might be an announcement later in the week that says Massey's going ahead, and I hope it does. I hope the boys get to play footy. There's so many guys that are just hanging for a game of football. Staff, you know, you to commentate and me to watch. So we all want footy back. So I, I don't for a second think I'm death riding it, but I just from my information is that there's just not enough clubs that are financially able to commit to it for such a short period of time to go to all that, you know, and at the end of the day, they're, they're trying to save some money for next year too. So, um, you know, it would be interesting to see. I think by the end of the week, we'll, we'll know. All right. What about uh, Asquith going forward? Let's say that you get a job somewhere else. You get the Windsor job or you get somewhere else in, in 2021 and something happens and all these players have dispersed that you've built up over two, three, four years. How hard are Asquith going to find it if they can't get a coach like a, a Pat Wisner or a Chris Yates or uh, someone else of that ilk that is out there uh, in 2022 and absolutely start from scratch, it would be a long, long road back. It will, yeah. I'm, I'm, look, I think they're, they're smart enough to, to know that. The board, they know that you know, um, the colour of players I've brought into the club the last couple of years and the professionalism that, you know, my staff and, and the players that I've brought as well. Like, you know, I feel like I'm talking about myself the whole time, but there's but guys like the, Matt Place and those but guys. But there are a lot of players that don't live in the there is. in the district yep. that travel from elsewhere. Um, then if they don't have a coach that can attract them, they won't travel because this is the northern end of the competition. It'll be really tough. There's no, no doubt about it. It'll be tough for them to, to get it and you need to have some connections there with, with managers and, and you need to be smart enough to work out logistically where people live. I, I had a good, um, you know, I, I had was smart enough to work out that there's some manly 20s players that you might be able to pinch each year who don't want to go all the way out to Blacktown and mm. Um, you just got to, you know, you got to be smart. You got to get ahead of the game. You got to recruit early, and whoever it is, they got to be right on top of things. It's not going to be easy, and it wasn't easy for me. I'll be honest. It's guys are travelling over an hour to come and play here, so if they can get somewhere closer, um, it's very hard to talk them out of it. What about the staff? You've mentioned you've got a lot of loyal staff that yep. follow you through Bernie Perinara, even right down to the big fella Bright and Sharp. Yep. Um, how hard was it for you to break the news to them? that it was all over for this year and next year? To be honest, I, I didn't break it to him. It was Brian. So I, oh, I, see. I probably got out of that one. It would, uh -huh. been, it would have been tough. And look, COVID's made it hard to do. You don't have to do it in person. It's, you obviously weren't able to catch up and stuff. But we are planning of that. But look, it's been difficult. In saying that, the, the messages from all the staff on the chat we have, we're all supportive of Brian and the board and everything that happened. And we're like family. One of the comments on there was, you guys are like family. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. And that's how it feels. My staff are uh, unbelievable. You know a lot of them. As yep. you mentioned, guys like Brian and, and all the... All the all, you know, I'm not going to go into names because mm. I'll miss, miss out someone. They're all great. And, you know, they've all said if I find the job somewhere else, they all want to continue on, which is good. So hopefully we can all stick together and provide what we did to Asquith somewhere else um, or back at Asquith one day. You mentioned to me off air that the general manager of the Leagues Club, Ray Agostino, mentioned to you when the announcement was done that the phrase, once a magpie, always a magpie. Yeah. When you came to the club in the back end of... Uh, of 2018 and oh, sorry, at the start of 2018, back end of 2017 with that very rushed off season and you looked at him at the time and said, huh? Really? What are you talking about? But you've now seen that over the last uh, two and a half years and there's going to be a little bit of that ask with Magpie that you'll take with you going forward. For me, 100%. You know, I, as I said, I can't speak highly enough of the club. I love the club and I've been bitten for sure. Um, I hope I'm back one day. I hope the staff are back and players who never thought they'd be at Asquith either if you asked them now feel the same way it's a 
it's almost the best. It's a hit. unique place, isn't it? It's, I always say to the players when I'm joining them, I say, look, this club's the, the biggest hidden secret in, in, in footy. It's such a great club, great people. Story Park, you hate it when you're playing there as an away team, but you'll learn to love it. And I had guys who, after one or two games, said to me, geez, I used to hate playing here, now I love it. You know, yeah. and, and it's just that type of place. And that's down to the people who run the club. It's not down to me or anybody else. It was a great club before I got here, and it'll be great after I'm gone. So uh, once bitten, it, yeah, when, when Ray said that, I, I, I get it now, for sure. Mm. Yeah. And a number of the other players have certainly got it. Yep, they do. Mm-hmm. They love the club. Yeah, yep. they, they, that's what they're sad about. It's a great club, but, you know, that's football. It's a roller coaster. It is. Now, uh, going forward then, how will a 2021 Ron Massey Cup look without Asquith? It'll probably be a 10-team competition because Ma- Maitland will probably go back to the Newcastle yeah. competition and the Collegians of the world will go back to the Illawarra competition. And uh, there's a lot of good players that will be sprinkled amongst the other 10 sides. There will, or uh, the other nine sides, assuming that the Fijians will pretty much stick to their own, uh, the Silk Tails. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting, Wayne. I mean, I'm not certain other clubs won't suffer the same fate that Asquith have. You know, they're obviously leagues clubs who who are you know got the same restrictions Asquith have had, and I'm sure they're doing it tough as well. I hope everybody goes back in it. Um, it'll be a good comp. I mean, it would have been a great comp this year. That's the the most disappointing part about it is I, I think it would have been probably the best Massey comp for a while. Last year's standard was the best by far since I've been involved. This year would have been even better, you know, with a couple of teams dropping out and Fiji coming in. It just would have been something else, and that's the big shame. I think it would have been great, and, and I think we had a great side, and all the other clubs know that too. Everyone that has sent me a message from other clubs and other bosses and other coaches have said the same thing. Look, it's a real shame, and, mate, you had a great team there. This year would have been, you know, I would have backed you. So it's disappointing. Um, hopefully next year it's, it's a great comp as well. Well, that's important for the Ron Massey Cup to strive ahead a lot of people knock the competition you want to talk about hidden secrets in sydney the ron massey cup and sydney shield are hidden secrets they are talked down upon from other people that don't know the real strength of these competitions they form the basis of the new south wales cup they form the basis of lebanon making the quarterfinals of the world cup in 2017 that entire lebanese pack was basically the auburn warriors pack that made the ron massey cup grand final that season how does this break, this enforced break, affect the strength of that Ron Massey Cup going forward over the next couple of years? It's got to have some sort of an effect, surely. Yeah, I mean, it probably will, but it'll affect the other comps as well. Um, I, I, I might be biased, but I, I watch a lot of football at grassroots level, and Ron Massey Cup for me is head and shoulders above any other comp outside, outside of New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cups. Ron Massey Cup's the best. I don't care about Newcastle, Wollongong, all those comps. If, if Ron Massey Cup put their best 17 players from the comp on the field, they would flog the Newcastle rep team. They'd flog the Illawarra rep team and they'd flog all the group comps as well. It is the best football and anyone who likes football outside the NRL um, should come and watch. And anyone who, like you said, people bag Ron Massey Cup, they probably haven't watched a game. Mm. It's a great comp. We love it. Um, and, you know, once you get to know the players and the teams, you kind of... You know, it's almost like the magpie. Once you're bitten, bit, once you're bitten by it. Ron Massey, you, you love it. And I love coaching it. I've, I've been in it for five or six years in a row now, and I'd love to keep it going. So, Well, what about, uh, before we go, um, best memories of your time at Asquith? Probably, it's hard to ask, but you do have to ask it when you come to the end of an era. Who would have been the biggest coup or the best player you would have brought to the club? There were a few. Geez, that's a tough one. Um, Matt Place? I'll probably if you give me three. I think Matt, off the field, what Matt Place brought to our club can never be understated. Yep. He's a future coach, and, and it, what he does on the field, off the ball, as well, mm. you don't see in the talk, he's irreplaceable and he, he's unbelievable. Great captain. Mm. Um, yeah, love the bloke, love coaching him. He, wherever I go, I'll always try and bring Matty. Yep. Um, talent wise, yeah, probably Jerry Key. We didn't see enough of Jerry. Mm. Um, North took him, and everywhere I go, Jerry comes with me, and the New South Wales Cup team takes him. I think he's played for three or four Cup teams, and they've all been... And a couple work. of Queensland Cup and teams as well. And, and I helped him get there when, when the stuff at Blackdown happened. And, you know, he probably got more man of the matches than anybody. Initially, we would have had him all year, so that's another shame. Um, probably the biggest surprise packet, I would say, would be Jordan Renfrey. That guy turned up. We didn't know who he was. He was a friend of Jake Samoa's, and he's got the talent to play NRL if he gets his head down. He was just a freak, and um, yeah, what a player, and could win a game for us by himself. So, and yeah, versatile. And versatile, could play anywhere, and mm. you know, he's a New South Wales Cup player every day of the week if he wants to be. The best win. Oh. It's hard to nail down. 
Look, the win over St Mary's last year at Story Park when you were under pressure to prove yourself against top four opponents? Look, we, I think we, we had a good record against St Mary's. We beat them the year before at home as well. Um, mm. you know, we were probably two all with them. My favourite wins were we went on a run last year where we kept teams to zero a few weeks in a row. Yep. And at that time, we had we were really firing and we lost Jake Goddard for the season with a facial injury. We lost Trey Brown and we never really recovered from that. But, you know, during that period through the middle there, I really felt like we were, we, 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 we proved ourselves as a top four team and we just never got the right team on the park. But keeping teams to nil, the buzz we had in the rooms after, you, you can't replace that. That was, as a coach, that's what you want. And they were good sides we kept to nil as well. Well, hopefully that buzz comes back again sometime soon, whether it be at Windsor, whether it be back at Story Park, or whether it be somewhere else. It could even be in the Triple H Coventry box. <laughs> if you can't get a gig next year, I can't pa- yeah. promise you any payment, but uh, we'd certainly love to have you on board if you're short of a gig and have some time to spare yeah. during the 2021 Ron Massey Cup. But that's a discussion for another day. It's been a pleasure to do with you. Uh, we've had our moments, but it's always been decent, respectful and honest and forthright up front, which is what you get with Pat Wisner. Hopefully, you're not lost to the game for too long. Enjoy your break, if you call it that, and keep the chin up. Good people eventually have good things happen to them, and you're one of the the good people in this competition. Pat Wisner, thank you so much for your time on Splinters tonight. Thanks, mate. Been a pleasure, and thank you for everything over the last couple of years too. It's been uh, really good, mate. We love our footy, and hopefully see you at a game soon. Yes, we do hope to see Pat Wisner and the Asquith Magpies, for that matter, back on the field at the Ron Massey Cup and Sydney Shield level sometime soon, whether it be 2022 or beyond. And that leads us to another announcement when it comes to Magpies Waitara. As you probably gathered over the last seven and a half years, Magpies Waitara have been front and centre as the major sponsor of our sports broadcasts and our sports programming here on Triple H 100.1 FM. As alluded to by Brian Fulmer earlier in this program, it goes without saying that given the financial situation that Magpies Waitara face right now, they cannot continue their sponsorship of 2 Triple H FM Limited. And as such, that sponsorship terminates on June the 30th. We've accepted the termination with heavy hearts from our end here at Triple H because it has been one heck of a ride over the last seven and a half years through a lot of good times and a couple of interesting other times as well. Magpies have informed Triple H that they look forward to the day when they can reignite the relationship and the sponsorship arrangement at some point in the future. We certainly look forward to that day and we thank Magpies Waitara for their support of Triple HFM over those last seven and a half years. But as the saying goes, the dogs bark, but the caravan rolls on. And so sport will continue on Triple HFM into the immediate and medium term future. Starting with our next episode of Splinters next Tuesday night at eight o'clock. Until then, for this episode of Splinters, it's goodbye. (laughs) 